Uh, this is Skip Lockwood, and you're listening to Mets Musing. I was a pitcher, a relief pitcher, a closer with the New York Mets. I have a new book out called Inside Pitch, Mets Musing. Thank you very much. This, this is, is Len and Jeff from Baseball and, and Barbecue. Barbecue. And the one place to go for New York Mets news, past week game reviews, upcoming series previews, interviews, analysis, opinion, and, and what's, what's going, going down, down on the farm. farm. It's, it's Mets Musings with Gary Mack. So keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. Mets Musings with Gary Mack. Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. And hello and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings episode number 328 and I, I don't know what to say anymore. I just don't know what to say. Let me put the switch over here. Swept by the Cubs. Swept by the Orioles. The Orioles, the worst team in Major League Baseball. And they come in here, win 2-1 to one and won nothing. The offense is non-existent from this club. And is Cespedes going to make that big of a deal when he comes back? I'm not sure. I'm not sure at all. And the defense was poor. The bullpen was better these last couple days, but not good. Starting pitching has come around. If you want to take a positive from this homestand so far, the starting pitching has been good and starting to extend into games. That's a good sign. Mats looked good. Vargas looked good. Wheeler looked sensational. But they couldn't score for them. And you can't win unless you can score something. You can't have pitches going out there trying to pitch shutouts every night. It's too much pressure put on them, extra pressure that they have to put on themselves. You have to get them something. Two runs, one run, anything. <laughs> it's just uh, terrible. It looks like a team going through the motions. And that's on the manager for that. He's got to get these guys ready to play. You know, I, you watch a post game with him, and you got to wonder if he's even got a pulse. Well, the guys are ticked off, and they're working hard. They're trying hard. They're pushing, they're pushing. It's tough right now. No, I, I want to see somebody rip the office apart. Break a chair.
Yell at a player. This isn't working. And the lack of fundamentals, you know, it's really incredible. Cabrera tries to bunt the other day. He's got no clue how to do it. The bat's up in the air. Ball goes up in the air. Well, don't they work with these guys? Rosario strikes out. He's swinging at stuff 10 feet off the plate. They said, well, he's learning the strike zone. Isn't he learning in the minor leagues? Isn't it what development of players is? Shouldn't he be learning on those levels? What the strike zone is. What a good pitch is. What a zone to hit in. If that stuff's not getting done in the minors, then something is wrong. And that's where they've got to address a lot of these situations. Next year, spring training, if Callaway's still here, he's got to go and do a 1950-style boot camp spring training and get these guys into sliding pads and the sliding pants and and, uh, have them build a sliding pit and have these guys go, go practice sliding. Don't let them hit until they can bunt. But Scrappy Sandy, Scrappy Sandy, he's he's all about the old guys that, that used to be able to hit home runs that can't hit them anymore, but maybe can hit them. And eh, so what if he can't play defense? We don't really care about the defense doesn't matter anymore. And what happens if he strikes? Ah, strikeouts doesn't matter. Not in today's game of baseball, it doesn't matter. You got look at Aaron Judge. You know they rave about this guy. He's a good ball player. He struck out eight times, eight times in a doubleheader. Yet he'll be an All Star eight times in a doubleheader. Him and Stanton are battling each other. For the American League lead in strikeouts. Yet, because he hits home runs, eh, strikeouts don't matter. It's just another out. What's happening? This is not the game I grew up with. Look at the Mets. They strike out or pop up all the time. Or hit into the shift. They're great at hitting into the shift. Move the guys over there. They'll hit them right to you. Don't worry about it. Don't exert yourself. Can't anybody hit the ball the other way? Can't anybody take a half a swing and hit it where we Willie Keeler used to say, hit them where they ain't? If they shift on you, hit it the other way. All you got to do is tap the damn ball. There's nobody there. These shifts, that's another thing that's ruining the game of baseball. Double plays are being missed because the the guys are in the shift. They can't get to the bag. 
pop flies are not being caught, foul pops, and I mean, because this guy's way over on the other side of the diamond. It's crazy. But yet the Mets are great at hitting right into the shift. All the time. They hit him right to the guys. The guys don't even have to move. Something's got to be done. We got the Yankees coming in. As much as we try to stay optimistic, I'm looking at a sweep. In all reality, I, I can't figure out how they can put enough offense together to beat these guys. Now, anything could happen. And the craziness of this Mets season, they, they could sweep them. But I don't see it right now. They've got it all set up. They've got the better pitching. But can they get any runs for these pitchers? That's the key. And that's what we don't know if it's going to happen or not. It's just plain nuts. I've never seen a team this bad offensively. And again, I hate to repeat myself, but this team is constructed poorly. Just look at the bench. Jose Reyes doesn't belong to be here. And I know they're talking about releasing him, but some people want to keep him because they feel he owes a, a better way out than just being unceremoniously released. But you can't do that now. This is a team that is in a tailspin. If you've got somebody that can do the job and do it better, you have to bring them in and keep them and get rid of the other guy who's not getting it done. And frankly, he's not getting it done. And if you think I'm annoyed, <laughs> I got a phone call this week. And I also got a voicemail from our good friend Sean in the UK. Great Britain. And he's upset. You know, there are a lot of good Met fans and baseball fans in Britain. And they're upset. And these people, they they have they pay for the MLB TV. If they watch a game live, it's, you know, don't forget, a 7 o'clock game here starts at midnight there. Uh, Sean watched the game yesterday, which started, it was 5 o'clock his time, I think, or 6 o'clock when it started. It was a 1 o'clock game here. So there's a lot of sacrifices these people make over there across the pond to watch these games. And I got to tell you, Sean was a little upset. 
And uh, we're going to play the voicemail. You can hear some of it. You can hear the passion. You can hear the, I wouldn't say anger, but the, uh, you know, come on, guys, do something attitude in his voice. But um, he was not a happy camper, and who could blame him? Who can blame him at all? So let's go to Sean in the U.K., Hi Gary, it's uh, Sean in Bristol, UK. Um, just finished watching um, live coverage of the uh, Orioles uh, against the Mets Wednesday evening. Uh, it, was, it was Wednesday evening here. Um, being swept by the worst team in the majors at the moment has just put this team to an all-time low. I mean, the SMY cameras were going around the, the dugout showing showing them and just everybody just looked absolutely... Sh- uh, they looked shell-shocked at the moment. There's just nothing happening offensively at the moment. And I, I thought I thought complete sympathy for at the moment for Zach Williams, Stephen Matz, who are pitching really good at the moment. You know, they're pitching deep into like, you know, seven innings and along come the middle relievers and just completely blow it. Offense can't support them. And yeah, it grim is the word I can coming up with and, and that's just putting it mildly. I've got to say it, Gary, and I know it's been mentioned, but maybe, maybe we should start thinking about rebuilding. You know, this, uh, you know, trade away our key assets. I know, you know, this season could turn around at any time, but at the moment, I'm just not seeing any positive thing in the team at the moment. Um, you know, we, we just, you know, Sandy Olsen is just bringing in these these guys who are like well past their prime now. You know, and it's just, uh, it's just like a, you know sticking a plaster over a sinking ship. Everybody, love your show, and uh, catch up with you soon. Cheers, Aaron. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for taking the time, and it was a pleasure to talk to you again, and pleasure to get your voicemail as well. But, yeah, you can see, you know, Sean's talking about a rebuild, but Sandy Alderson says we're not going to rebuild. They don't work all the time. They're not considering or even talking about the possibility of rebuilding their roster. They need to restock. They need to retool. They need to do something. They don't have the players in the farm system to bring up and replace these guys. And and that's a problem. That's got to be fixed. That situation's got to be fixed. It's got to be fixed fast, man. They got to make some trades, do something. All right, we got another voicemail from Jerry in Long Island, and let's see what Jerry has to say. Hello, this is Jerry from Long Island. I have a question and a trade. Um, the question is... Uh, Will Reyes be traded on the current homestand, or will the Mets wait till the road trip at 3 a.m.? And my choice the trade I have is uh, the Grom and Cespedes and the Angels for Trout. What do you think of that? Okay, thank you. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks for the voicemail. First off, Reyes getting nobody's going to trade for Reyes. Nobody wants him. He's going to have to be released. There is nobody that's going to want to trade for him. I wouldn't. 
And as far as the trade, the Grom and Cespedes for Trout, I wouldn't make the trade if I was California. They don't want that contract. They'll take the Grom. They're going to want Conforto and Nimmo. They're going to want uh, another pitcher. And they might want a couple of more prospects that are pitchers. But the Grom and Cespedes is not going to get it done. Not at all. All right, maybe it's time to uh, take a break, and we'll come back with a little bit more news. We'll touch a little bit on the draft and uh, see what else comes up after that. But uh, here we go. Take a listen to these messages. Baseball and BBQ, your place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history. Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball and if you like barbecue, then tune in to Baseball and BBQ. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and BaseballTalkRadio.com, along with Mets Musings and other great baseball podcasts. Looking for great Cardinals talk? Then check out Conversations with C70. My name is Daniel Shoftaw, and I talk with some of the great bloggers on the internet today about their teams. But it always goes back to the Cardinals. Find the latest episode on my website, www.cardinal70.com or at baseballpodcast.net. Did you know that Baseball PhD can be heard on BaseballTalkRadio.com? Our shows rotate with other top baseball podcasts. Now don't forget, that's BaseballTalkRadio.com. With us, we'll help you get a PhD in life through baseball. With BaseballTalkRadio.com, you'll hear the rest of the excellent universe of baseball podcasts. 516-619-6341. That is the comment voicemail hotline if you'd like to be a part of the show and drop us a line leave us a comment or a voicemail question anything at all call that number 516-619-6341 or go to metsmusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen and that's a speak pipe and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way, send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings. And the Twitter handle is at metsmusings1. With all the Mets news, it is the news from around the world and around the corner. Here's Gary Mack. Okay, and uh, let's see some Mets news, if it wasn't depressing enough. The contract extension that the GM Sandy Alderson agreed to last season runs through 2019, reports John Heyman of FanRag, who says Alderson is currently in good standing despite the team's recent struggles. That Alderson had agreed to extension has been known since last year, but the length was not. The 70-year-old Alderson took over as GM after the 2010 season, replacing Omai Minaya, who is now back in the organization in a front office role with an emphasis on amateur scouting. So he's back. He's not going anywhere. 
And that's uh, it's not a good thing. <laughs> it's not a good sign for this organization that they're going to keep him around for another couple of years. I guess the thing got real bad. They would just uh, can him, but, um, you know, haven't reached that point yet. All right, Monday of this week was the amateur draft, and the Mets picked sixth. And with their first pick, they picked an outfielder in high school. <laughs> I, I'm not a big fan of pick, picking high school kids early in the draft. Because uh, most of the time, they're projects. And they need help faster than that. But the Mets in their wisdom picked Jared Kellenick from Waukesha West High School in Wisconsin. He's an outfielder. He hits left and throws left. He's a senior in high school, 6'1", 190. He is the number one pick of the New York Mets. The second pick was, wait for it, another high school kid, Simeon Woods Richardson, a right-handed pitcher. Here we go with the pitchers again. Third pick was Carlos Cortez from South Carolina University. Finally, a college kid. And they, they uh, essentially, the second day, picked a lot of college kids. And uh, Jim Callis of MLB Pipeline had the Mets uh, doing pretty good on the second day of the draft. He was impressed with the collection of collegiate right-handed relievers who can ramp it up to the mid-90s and beyond. That means they're just waiting for Tommy John surgery to happen. Those three relievers are Adam Hill, who the Mets got in the fourth round, Riley Gillian, who they got in the fifth, and Bryce Montez de Oca, who they got in the ninth round. Uh, Callis thinks that Gilliam, who could be among the first players from this draft to reach the majors, he thinks that's highly of him. Um, the Mets' first draft pick, by the way, Kellenick, uh, got good reviews. Everybody thought it was a good choice. Best hitter, prep school hitter on the board at the time. Blah, 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 all of that kind of stuff. So uh, they got kudos for that. Not so for the second pick. Big project which means years and years and years to wait and see whether or not he will pan out. Uh, but the uh, third through 10th picks were very strong that the Mets picked. Now with the 15th pick, they picked a kid from uh, a low, fairly local kid from Wagner College, a catcher, Phil Capra, so we'll keep an eye on him. And in the 11th round, they picked a kid from Copeg High School here out on Long Island, Franklin Para. We'll see. He joins the uh, the Justin Dunn and uh, Anthony Kay and, and Stephen Matz and as Long Island kids that have been selected by the Mets. And we'll see um, where they come. And speaking of... Uh, Justin Dunn, he was just uh, selected to, uh, promoted, I should say, from high A St. Lucie to double A 
Binghamton, and uh, that should be really part of our farm report. So let's go down on the farm. So as I was saying, uh, Justin Dunn, the number one pick in the, the 2016 draft, is coming off his best outing as professional, having tossed 7.0 scoreless innings while allowing two hits, walking one, and striking out 10. He is going to Binghamton. And uh, let's see if he can keep it going from that point. If he can continue to uh, have a good year like he's been having so far, he could move up the ladder quickly. And maybe we'll see him sooner than later uh, in a Mets uniform at City Field. And congratulations to Nabil Krismat. He was named the Eastern League Professional Baseball Pitcher of the Week in two starts from uh, May 28th to June 3rd. Chris Matt earned a pair of wins and compiled a 1.26 ERA over 14 and one-third innings. He tore seven and one-third innings of one-run ball against the Erie Sea Wolves on Tuesday before going the distance in a seven-inning complete game against the New Hampshire Fisher Cats on Sunday, which I believe was a, a doubleheader. Uh, so congratulations to enable Chris Matt and three St. Lucie Mets have been selected to the 2018 Florida state league South division all-star team, right-handed relief pitchers, Ryder Ryan, Matt Blackham and Matt Polbrico earned a distinction. Ryan was named to the initial all-star team, but he has since been promoted to Binghamton and will not participate. Blackham and Polbrico, Barico, were chosen as alternates for Ryan and Bradenton's Eduardo Vera, who was also promoted to Double A. Ryan made 16 relief appearances for St. Lucie, went one and zero with two saves. He allowed just four earned runs in 20.1 innings for a shiny 1.77 ERA. Ryan was acquired by the Mets last August in a trade with Cleveland in exchange for Jay Bruce, Blackham, and Pobrico. I'm really butchering that. Have been equally as dominant. Blackham leads the Mets with four wins and is two for two in save chances. He has given up only five earned runs in 23.2 innings for a 1.90 ERA. Pobrico leads St. Lucie with four saves in four opportunities. He has allowed only two earned runs in 14 games. For 0.95 ERA, he has got eight hits, struck out 25. Opponents are batting 131 against him. He was signed as a uh, minor league free agent in 2017. The 57th F Florida State League All-Star Game will be played Saturday, June 16th at Steinbrenner Field in Tampa. And the Columbia Fireflies, it's getting near that time of year. We'll be well represented at the South Atlantic League All-Star Game later this month as the team will send four representatives to Greensboro, North Carolina. Fireflies pitcher David Peterson and Joe Cavallaro, catcher Scott Menea, and first baseman Jeremy Vasquez received the nod on Tuesday, the league announced. Peterson, the Mets' round, first-round draft choice in 2017, has enjo enjoyed a stellar first pro season, ranking sixth in the Sal in ERA, seventh in WHIP, and eleventh in opponents' batting average. 
The 22-year-old has been strong over his last three starts, during which he struck out 22. Cavallaro has been one of the nicest surprises in Colombia as the 2017-24th round pick has been one of the team's most consistent arms. The former USF Bull is tied for second in the league in wins with six. Tenth in strikeout percentage, 26.8, is yet to allow more than three earned runs in a start this season. After a nondescript first two seasons in pro ball, Mania, a non-drafted free agent signing, got off to a raging hot start, hitting 298 in April. He's cooled off since then, but it's satisfying to see a grinder get rewarded for his play. Good for you, Scott. And Vasquez is most notable for his 29-game on-base streak to begin this season, but the former 28th-round pick has maintained an OPB above 400 though the season through the season's first 50 games. He couldn't uh, replicate his April, but he's been having a pretty good May and June so far anyway. So um, congratulations to those four guys. And the three in the Florida State League uh, making their respective all-star teams. And last night was uh, not a good night for Vegas. They lost 16-4. And the strange thing about it was Aaron Laffey, who the Mets signed a couple of weeks ago, I guess, he was pitching and... uh, by the end of the evening, he had given up 14 runs and quit baseball. <laughs> I was after allowing 12 earned runs in a 16-4 loss to the New Orleans Baby Cakes. Laffey pulled the plug on a career to spend over 10 big league seasons and more than 50 major league starts. In his first two appearances with Vegas, Laffey gave up seven and eight runs respectfully as he filled in for... Uh, uh, a very thin rotation in Las Vegas. They needed the arm. The Mets signed them. Nice signing, Sandy. He was pitching for the Somerset Patriots at the time and um, just gave up the runs and, and gave up. So he's gone. <laughs> Only Sandy can find guys that'll pitch and give up seven, eight, and 12 runs and then retire. And uh, leave everybody uh, holding the bag. Binghamton beat Harrisburg 4 nothing. And strange thing about this game, I put this game on. Uh, Peter Alonso hit his 15th homer of the year. Uh, but the guy who was up at bat for Harrisburg looked very familiar. And uh, I heard him say Murphy. It turns out it was Daniel Murphy. He's down in Harrisburg, but he's playing first base. Interesting. Uh, he had uh, knee surgery, that um, microfracture, whatever they call it, surgery. And he's still recovering, hasn't played, but he's playing for the double A. Harrisburg Senators now on a rehab assignment, and uh, it's just strange to see him. And he's wearing number six. So if you've got the MILB TV, perhaps you can tune in that game or watch it on a. They archive the game so you can watch them uh, after they're over. And uh, see Daniel Murphy, if you would like, in another uniform. 
not the uh, Tampa Bay, but uh, not the uh, Washington, but pretty close as Harrisburg has uh, uniforms very close. I don't know what that means. Uh, Tampa defeated St. Lucie 4-1. And Charleston defeated Columbia 6-5. So that's the roundup around the... Uh, Around the down on the farm, and uh, pretty much uh, that's all I got for this week. I I don't know what to say. I don't know what to tell you to expect. Three with the Yankees as they come into send a City Field, then they go on a road two in Atlanta, and then they head to Arizona for four. But we'll be talking. We'll talk about that next week. I don't know. You know what I want to tell you? I want to tell you to keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. But it's getting harder, harder and harder every day to try to say that and to try to do that. But um, try to do it anyway. What else do we got? They got to start hitting. They got Something's got to break sometimes. All right. Until the next time, remember Keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets.